This is HeartWise, offering practical tips and time-proven guidelines to make your life healthier, happier, and more fulfilling. Today you'll learn simple, Bible-based principles for building and maintaining optimum mental and physical health, all while deepening your relationship with your Creator. I'm your HeartWise host, Charles Mills. If you want to know something about a child, something about how he or she ticks or the motivation behind his or her actions, ask a parent, a teacher, or a pastor. They probably know. Our guest has been all three. Charles Grismeyer has served in pastoral roles, was a public school teacher, trial attorney, and most recently, a radio broadcaster. His biblical quiver is filled with children and grandchildren as well. He's also an author of several books focusing on successful living in Christ. And I've got a copy of his latest book, Hearts of the Fathers, and he's with us today to talk about dads and what roles they were designed to play in the life of a child. Charles Grismeyer, welcome to HeartWise. Well, thank you, uh, Charles, and quite frankly, I must be at least 95 years of age to have done all those things, right? (laughs) You must be. I was thinking this morning, you know, older guys, we look back on our life, we did this, 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 and this. The younger guys say, I just did this. So we're way ahead of everybody else, wouldn't you say? Yeah, we're way ahead, and all those experiences have to count for something, don't they? They do, they do, and you put them right here in this book. You state that, and I quote, fatherlessness now defines American life and culture, end quote. Just how much of a problem is this, and why is it a problem? After all, there's always good old mom. <laughs> yeah, good old mom, poor old mom, <laughs> who's having to make up for dad mm. uh, all across America and throughout yes. the Western world. Yes. And uh, the interesting thing is that that really is not my observation, Charles. That is the observation of sociologists mm. and other cultural analysts who are coming to the conclusion that we are in a desperate moment in American history, and it is defined by what we're calling fatherlessness, the absence not only of the physical father in the home, but also of the father's influence in the children's lives. So you've got the double whammy, and the picture statistically is very grave uh, when you consider that 90% of those in America's prisons are fatherless, that 72% of American young people who have been convicted of murder are fatherless, that uh, over 70% of those who are convicted rapists are fatherless, and that's just for the beginning. My concern is not just looking at the statistics, which we do every day on our radio program, Viewpoint, Mm -hmm. but uh, to look at the remedy. What is it that's causing this? And if we can discover the cause, then we can also discover the remedy. And this book is about remedies. Well, now let me let me look at that statistic just one more time. You say all these, you know, 60, 70% of these people in these bad areas are fatherless. Does that hold true with in the good areas, the, the successful businessman, the successful dad? Do they have more of a father presence in their life? Have studies shown that? Now you're going to open Pandora's box. Yes, I am. Yes, I am. Uh, (laughs) They say fools rush in where angels fear to tread, and uh, here we go. Okay. There are two primary causes of fatherlessness in terms of the actual physical presence of fathers in the home. Mm -hmm. The first is unwed, not just pregnancy, but childbirth, Mm -hmm. unwed childbirth. Mm -hmm. The second is divorce. 
Now, when you combine those two together, you have a very serious problem. Between 75 and 80 percent of all fatherless children today, that is children who do not have the physical presence of their father in the home, Mm -hmm. is due to those two things, unwed childbirth and divorce. A lot of people would say, well, you know, this is just... This is just a problem for those pagans out there. Mm-hmm. Well, not so. The reality is that for the past 25 years, the divorce rate among professing Christians has nearly equaled that of the nation as a whole. And shockingly, the divorce rate in the Bible Belt of America for the past 15 years has exceeded the nation as a whole by 50%. Oh so this problem of fatherlessness is not just out there. It's right up front and personal. So it sounds like you're saying that fatherlessness sets us up for some real problems. Apparently, there are some people who have been able to, what, substitute a father? How does a fatherless child become a success, and how does a fatherless child become not successful? It happens both ways here. Well, it does, but then the question is, what is success? Mm. Uh, Mm. We want to define success according to some kind of measurable cultural, uh, worldly standards. But lurking behind the so-called apparent success are emotional problems. There you go. Serious feelings of lack in a child's life. And uh, those do not necessarily come to the fore until 20, 30 years later. So when you say success, you're talking about emotional and physical and and social success as well here, as well as business success. Absolutely. Now, because we're whole people. We're not just measured by how much money we have in the bank or by what particular job we've been able to achieve, but rather the holistic nature Mm -hmm. of who we are Mm -hmm. and how we feel about life whether we're feeling fulfilled in life. And uh, I've got to tell you, I grew up in a pastor's home. And it was not until I formed Save America Ministries after 20 years of law practice Mm -hmm. in a very successful trial practice in Southern California that I realized there was something lacking. Mm -hmm. Now, I didn't have divorce in my family heritage. I did not have unwed childbirth. I was still living, you see. (laughs) But I realized there was something really lacking. And so at 49 years of age, I went to my father. And uh, I said, you know what? I want to take you out for a couple of weekends. The reason I did that was to be able to help him to face the lacks that I felt in my own life. One of those having been approval, some kind of recognition of what God was doing in and through my life, the very thing that he and my mother had thought were so important, I was now doing, I was fulfilling, and yet there was no fatherly affirmation. And then I read the scriptures where God the Father was not willing to allow his only son to experience that, but in public— He said, Behold, this is my beloved Son, in whom I'm well pleased. Hear ye him. He not only recognized him as his son, that wasn't a pride thing, but he said, Now, I am giving him authority. I'm delegating authority as a father to him, and I want you to hear him. And my father had a very hard time receiving that understanding as a pastor. 
But ultimately, in his own way, he came to the point where uh, he began to affirm, began to recognize, and it set me free. So when we have a father, we are not fatherless, we, we are fathered. When we have a father, it doesn't just end because we have a father. There are things that that father is supposed to do and keep on doing throughout our entire lives. In other words, this problem is a lifelong problem or blessing. Am I right in saying that? No question about it. And that's really what my book is about. Yes, yes. It's not about whether or not we have a father in the home, how important that really is. Yes. But... It's the significance of what that means. What is that father to do? What does God expect him to do and to be? And if he's not, what are the consequences? And when he is, what are the consequences? And so the subtitle of my book is Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. Yes. You know, Charles, every one of us is leaving a legacy, whether we, whether we intend to or not, we are leaving a legacy. The only question is, what kind of a legacy am I leaving? What would you say in one word would be the legacy, the most important legacy that a father can leave to a child? Just one word. I would have to do it in two words. Okay, two words. Spiritual vision. Hmm. Mm -hmm. Spiritual vision. In other words, if a child does not receive that spiritual vision from a father, and apparently you're saying that can't come from a mother, would I be right in saying that? Well, let's put it this way. A mom can do everything she can try to do, but there's no substitute for a dad. Mm, okay. All right. God didn't just create moms. Mm -hmm. He created dads. In fact, he created dads first. Remember that. Yes. He created fathers first. Yes. Yes. And uh, it doesn't demean the role of a mother, but a mother can never, no matter how hard she tries, can never fulfill the full role of a father. Mm. We need a father. And uh, let me just share something with you, Charles, yes. that shows how desperate this situation really is in the Christian community, for instance. Several months ago, I received a written notification from a very prominent evangelical pastor. Mm -hmm. He was promoting his new book. In his promotion, he made a statement. I'm paraphrasing his statement. Jesus I love, but I don't must like his dad. Huh? I want you to think about the implications of that. Jesus I love, but I don't much like his dad. It's a blasphemous statement, really. Yes, yes. You know what he was really saying? In the Christian community these days, God the Father is out. Jesus is in. Mm -hmm. God the Father is out. Now, how are we to understand that when Jesus said, I and the Father are one? <laughs> exactly. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Yes, yes, John. You know what the problem is? We don't like fathers today any more in the church than the world likes fathers in the feminist revolution. Oh, boy. And the reason is because fathers represent authority. Yes, yes. Fathers represent authority, and we don't like authority, not even from God. Well, you know, uh, <laughs> your breath away, doesn't it? I, you know, I, I'm, I'm speechless here that someone, especially a pastor, would say that because you know it is the authority that gave Christ 
the power to be who he was, to do what he did. He was, he was acting on the authority of his father to do these things, and we can find power in our lives and have the authority to do that when we, when we have a relationship with God the Father. Am I right in saying that? You have spoken it exactly right. Wow. Jesus' authority came from the Father. Yes. He said, I don't do or say anything I don't hear the Father say or do. Right. right. He said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. Now, our authority as fathers comes from God the Father. Yes. yes. He's the one that delegated that authority to us. We are under delegated authority, just like Jesus. We aren't Jesus, but we are under that delegated authority. And when we abandon that authority or shirk it, our children suffer greatly, and we don't even realize that it's happening until it's too late. And so this book is about grabbing a hold of the, uh, the reins right now of life and getting it right. And believe it or not, God the Father had this on his mind because in the book of Malachi, chapter 4, he gave his final warning just before 400 years of prophetic silence. Mm-hmm. God through Malachi, gave a statement of incredible fatherly compassion and mercy. And he said this, before the great and terrible day of the Lord, that is, the second coming of Christ when he will judge the earth in righteousness, before that great and terrible day of the Lord, I will send forth the spirit of Elijah the prophet to call the hearts of the fathers to the children Mm -hmm. and the hearts of the children to the fathers, lest I strike the earth with a curse. Mm -hmm. You know what? We're already under that curse, oh and everybody knows it. Oh the statistics are proving it. And yet, even in our churches, it's almost impossible to hear the necessary message to call the hearts of the fathers uh, back to the children. So I asked the Lord. I'm kind of a simple guy in one respect, and I know it may seem strange that a 20-year veteran attorney would talk to the Lord this way, but I do. And I said, Lord, everybody knows this verse it grabs at the emotional level. Right. But how could this possibly ever happen? It's not happening. It's getting worse. Yes. Yes. How are the hearts of the fathers going to be turned to the children and the children to the fathers? And he answered me, Charles, very simply. He said, the hearts of the fathers have to be turned back to me as the father. Mm. That's the only way. Yeah. That's the message of the book. How can that happen? How can it happen in the lives of men even professing Christian men, they're going to church or they think they're, they've got it made in the shade. Even Christian pastors, oh, how many of them have lost their children. It's unbelievable. And uh, here we are. Many believe we're on the near edge of the second coming of Jesus Christ. That means this is our last moment. Right. It's time to get it right. Very good. We're talking with Charles Grismeyer, the author of Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. We'll take a short break when we come back. We now know the problem. Let's find out what the solution is. And this book has several of them. We'll talk about one of those on our returns. Everybody stay right where you are. I'm Dr. James Markham with your Biblical Prescription for Life. Would you like a strategy to help you lower your blood pressure other than medications? Well, our Biblical Prescription for today comes from Psalm 63, verses 3. This text states, Thy loving kindness is better than life. Well, studies have shown that kindness can lengthen your life 
and actually lower your blood pressure by increasing vagal tone, the parasympathetic nervous system, chemicals like oxytocin, serotonin, endorphins, and all of these might contribute to lowering the blood pressure. Not only does it lower blood pressure, but kindness can help your blood sugar and improve your immune system. So if you want a strategy to help you lower your blood pressure, how about participating in a random act of kindness today? To learn more, go to our website. That's heartwiseministries.org. I'd like to think that one day when we get to heaven, we're going to see a list of people, people like Jared, and Susan, who were introduced to Jesus because of something we said. Or maybe it was as simple as a passing smile. But these people will look into their past and be able to say, I'm here because of you. Recently, you may have heard that HeartWise Ministries has begun spreading the gospel to the young, the old, the sick, and the healthy. We want to take this type of medical programming to the non-believer and the person who has closed themselves off to traditional forms of outreach. If you believe as we do and want to support HeartWise so that together we can count more names on the tree of life, please consider donating today at heartwiseministries.org. That's heartwiseministries.org. Welcome back to the program. I'm your host, Charles Mills. Our guest today, Charles Grismeyer. He is the author of Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. We're talking about dads and how we need to connect. Dads need to connect with the ultimate father, the father in heaven, just as Christ did. Christ operated under the authority of his father. We need to operate in the same way. Now, we've identified the problem. Let's talk now about the solution. I like on chapter 19 of your book, you have seven fatherly secrets. And you know, as I read through these, I praise God for each one because my dad had these secrets in tow. He knew how to handle these secrets and how to apply them to the heart of this child. And so I want you to share those with our listeners. The first one is time. And that's so very important. Why is time important? Not only to the father, but to the child as well. Oh, yes. Well, there's no substitute for time. Time is universal for us all. Right. We all have exactly the same amount of time. That's right. The only question is how we choose to use the time. And obviously, we have to work as dads. We have many duties, many responsibilities. But one of our primary responsibilities is to father our children and to be present in their lives. So time is the essential ingredient without time and uh, the rest of the T's kind of help define how that time gets used. Yes, and the next one is together. How are we supposed to be together with our children? Is that sitting in the same room? Is that together? <laughs> it may be or it may not be. Mm. If we're just watching television in the same room, we may not be together. Yeah. If uh, dad's reading the newspaper and the kid is doing his homework, there's a sense of togetherness, but it's not really the fullness of togetherness. Mm-hmm. Time together requires that we engage with one another at a meaningful level. So taking our son to a ball game, there's a sense of togetherness there. There's nothing wrong with that, but that's not the full essence of togetherness. Time together talking. That's the talking, third one. Third one, yes. Talking. 
you know, we used to sing a song, and he walks with me. Yes, and he talks, and he talks oh, with yes, me. Yes, 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 yes. And he tells me I am his own. Mm-hmm. Why, why was that such a precious song for men and for women? Because we wanted to know our Father wanted to talk with us. Mm-hmm. He talked with Adam and Eve in the garden. And sin is what broke up the talking right. and the togetherness. That's right. So time together talking. We have to talk with one another. The same, by the way, is true for our, with our wives. Yes. These same principles are the glue that holds our marriages together. But kids, time together talking. Uh, let's, let's do the next two here and put them together. Thinking and thanking. I would assume that we need to do a little thinking before we start thanking, because we need to really be thankful when we thank. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely, and a lot of dads are known more for their criticism than That's for right. their gratitude. That's right. That's right. So uh, you know, it's okay for a father to uh, bring correction, and he should. But I think if we put the balance in there, the sense of gratitude and affirmation is every bit as important as correction. In fact, we may need ten times as much gratitude and affirmation as we give correction. Mm. And I'm a firm believer in correction. So gratitude, a heart of gratitude for our kids and letting them know specifically, son, I want you to know how much I appreciate you. But then get specific. I really value your attitude. I really appreciate the way you do this or that. Get specific, not just general attitude of gratitude, but very specific time together, talking, thinking, and thinking. And of course, tenderly, that's the next one. Yes, That sounds kind of strange with a dad and his sons, doesn't it? Tenderly. It does. does. How can a big, burly dad be tender? Tell us how to do this. First of all, it's the way that a dad talks. He shows affection for his Mm. son. One way a dad shows affection for his son is just by grabbing him and hugging him. Yes. I have grandchildren, 10 of them. Yes. Six of them are young men ranging from age 10 to, to 24. I hug them all. They hug me warmly. Yes. They know I love them. I'm tender with them, but tough at the same time because I'm a man. Yeah. They need to know a tender toughness and a tough tenderness. And then finally, time together talking, thinking, thinking, and tenderly touching, 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 touching. You know, we sing that song, and he touched me. Oh, he touched me. And oh, the joy that flood my soul. Why has that song been so popular historically, even for men? Because we need to feel the touch of the Father's hand. Time together talking, thinking, thinking, and tenderly touching. It's kind of bringing tears to my eyes right now. It is mine too as well. Listener, you will enjoy this book, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts, by our guest today, Charles Grismeyer. That's C-R-I-S-M-I-E-R. And uh, where can they learn a little bit more about you and about your ministry and this book? Well, thank you. Uh, They could go to our website, saveus.org. That's saveus, not USA, but US Mm -hmm. US.org. They can listen to our radio program, Viewpoint, there. All of my books are there, uh, all nine of them, including this latest one, Hearts of the Fathers, Leaving a Legacy That Lasts. All right, very good. That's saveus, usaveus.org. 
Charles Grismeyer, thank you so much for being with us today and sharing your words of wisdom and guidance. This was beautiful. Thank you so much. My privilege, Charles. Thanks so much. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Charles Grismeyer inviting you to remain heartwise. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for joining us today on HeartWise. If you'd like more information on how to build and maintain optimum physical, mental, and spiritual health, log on to heartwiseministries.org. HeartWise is a listener-supported program, and your partnership with us would be greatly appreciated. Once again, our web address is heartwiseministries.org. Ministries.org.